Welcome to episode 18 of The Lift. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on month one of our new supervisor and consulting supervisor workbooks. I'm Linda LeBlanc. And I'm Tyra Sellers. So this is the beginning of the journey. This is the first of the 12 months of consultation. What we've been focused on before is getting ready. Now we're actually doing it. That new, supervi- that new supervisor is meeting with their trainees and the consulting supervisor is meeting with them regularly to assist them and to make sure things go well. This month focuses on planning logistics and building relationships. Yep, that's right. This is sort of, you're in it now, so you better take a structured approach because you don't have a lot of time with your consulting supervisor if you're the new supervisor. And frankly, you probably don't have as much time with your trainees that you would like. So this month really focuses on pulling all of the information from the getting ready section into actionable steps for the new supervisor and supports the consulting supervisor in how to make sure that they're um, keeping that new supervisor on track and addressing any areas of need early on to minimize the likelihood that the new supervisor is going to fall behind in terms of logistics, like tracking hours or uh, having a strong agenda for their meetings or observations, or falling behind on developing strong relationships with their trainees. Absolutely. So we included this chapter to really focus on a strong start to the consulting relationship between the consulting supervisor and new supervisor, but also a strong start to that supervisory relationship between the new supervisor and their trainees. And these two sets of relationships are really connected. In the workbook, we have this cool image. I think we've mentioned it before. It's an infinity symbol, and it illustrates that the new supervisor really sits between two intersecting circles. One represents that influence and the interactions between the new supervisor and the consulting supervisor. And then the other direction, it's the new supervisor and their trainees, but it's that continuous loop which means continuous feedback and growth. And so all of those relationships have got to be optimized for things to go as well as they could. And to be honest with you, relationships plus planning and execution on logistics equals a fantastic start for this consultation. So that's really our purposes with this chapter. Yeah, I think you're right, Linda, and sort of the idea that you have to, from the outset, view these as relationships that are collaborative, that are meant to be beneficial for both parties, um, as opposed to transactional. In other words, I show up, I check the boxes. I say goodbye and I don't think about it until my next meeting. And that is more effortful. Uh, Having a collaborative relationship is more effortful than just a transactional one, but transactional relations are likely to be wrought with problems. So the idea of this chapter 
or section is really to position everybody um, in a good space to be organized, but also approach things in that collaborative way where those relationships can be uh, strengthened from the outset. That's right. So I'm going to walk you through how we help you achieve some goals for the consulting supervisor in that workbook. One of the goals for the consulting supervisor is to be building and nurturing that strong relationship with the new supervisor. They are brand spanking new and doing something scary. And the consulting supervisor really wants to position themselves, not as someone who's there to tell, make sure that new supervisor does it right. Yes, that, but in a non-coercive way. (laughs) They are there to take the sting and the scare out of doing something difficult and new. And so setting the tone that it's okay to talk about if something did not go as well as it could, or you tried it, but you think it maybe (laughs) could use some improvement or try it out with me first and I'll give you feedback. So, (laughs) you know, that new supervisor might need to like, give you their pitch about here's what feedback is and here's why I'm excited to work with you. And as a consulting supervisor, you give them some guidance and help them feel confident as they get into this month with those supervisees. Another important goal for the consulting supervisor is to convey the value of agendas Mm. and model using them. So in the workbook, we give you an agenda. But if you are a consulting supervisor and lockdown meetings are not yet your game, (laughs) let's it's time to really step up to the plate and understand fully why agendas matter because you're going to be modeling using an agenda to maximize all of those 60 minutes that you get per month. And your agenda is your planning tool. It facilitates preparation before the meeting and time management during the meeting. You don't want time to get away from you. You want to make the most of your time. So the basics of agenda, organize each of your tasks and topics, put them in the right order, and have a time estimate, and monitor whether your time estimates are accurate or not. Some of us tend to overestimate, some tend to underestimate. That's critically important And it is reflected in the agendas that we create for you that you're going to share for your consulting supervisor. But you also want to be able to talk with them about why those agendas look the way they do, because they need to be prepping agendas with their trainees and they need to be teaching their trainees how to make those agendas as well. So um, I think that's an important goal for the consulting supervisor. You have to really understand the value of agendas before you convey it in a way that sounds more like, sounds like it's more than just busy work. I agree. And I love, I love that point you made about 
the consulting supervisor really learning to connect with the value of agendas using the, the agenda and then tacting for the new supervisor why it's important, make sure that the new supervisor knows how to structure and use an agenda. And then again, in that infinity symbol, transfers that skill down to their trainees eventually. So it's just this really great like interlocking set of contingencies around all of these different critical skills. And folks, I think, will see that theme throughout other skills where it's, okay, consulting supervisor, reflect on this, make sure you can do this, do it. Now tact it for the new supervisor, train the new supervisor, have the new supervisor do the same thing with their trainees. Excellent. So, you know, those are some of the main goals for the consulting supervisor, but there are also, there are some related and some unique goals for the new supervisor. Yeah. So the new supervisor um, is working on um, sort of identifying their own skill sets and making sure that they have all of their T's crossed and I's dotted. So one of the things that the new supervisor is going to do is a workload assessment, which the consulting supervisor already did. So they're familiar with that. Um, But the workload assessment allows um, a new supervisor to sort of plug in all of the pulls on their time because as especially board certified behavior analysts, we're required to only take on clients or trainees or supervisees um, in a number that allows us to be effective. And we need to think about all of the pulls on our times, what, on our time when we are deciding um, how many clients, how many trainees, how many supervisees can we manage on our um, on our workload. So this really gives um, the new supervisor a structure to sort of think that through, put it in a grid, and then talk about it with their consulting supervisor. That also sort of gives the consulting supervisor a snapshot. Um, about, you know, what sorts of things the new supervisor is doing and the new supervisor's ability to organize, manage their time, prioritize things like that. So that's really important. Another thing that the new supervisor is going to do in month one is to review all of the logistics that they need to have in place for their trainees. Now they would have already sort of had this modeled for them in that getting ready or pre-meeting from their consulting supervisor. And so they're doing the same sort of thing, making sure they have a contract, making sure they have all of the forms that they need, making sure they have a system, uh, identifying you know, what are some possible opportunities for meetings, um, what percentage of time are they gonna have group meetings, those sorts of things. Um, And then I think this is really critical because a lot of folks haven't really had a lot of experience probably talking about feedback. The new supervisor in month one is going to prepare some scripts that focus on how they're going to talk to their trainees about feedback, why feedback's important, what feedback means to them. They're going to develop some questions for how they can learn information from their trainees about their histories with feedback. They're going to share a little bit about their own, and they'll prep those 
so that they're ready before they meet with the consulting supervisor so they can chat with the consulting supervisor. Now, some folks are probably going to be really well prepared to do this, and their consulting supervisor is just going to sort of, you know, maybe put some icing on the cake. Other folks may sort of feel like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to talk about feedback or feedback really scares me. I've had a bad experience with feedback in the past. And that gives them an opportunity to talk it through with their consulting supervisor ahead of time. They can practice some of the scripts. Their consulting supervisor will have tips and strategies for them. They'll get to role play. So really, um, each of these activities will be so individualized for a given new supervisor's skill set, but it allows them to purposefully leverage the wisdom and the um, mentorship and guidance of their consulting supervisor. So they hit the ground running with their trainees in their first few meetings. Absolutely. And so as a consulting supervisor, when you're supporting this new supervisor, they may feel awkward with these scripts, role play, throw some silly in there, you know, Uh, give them one where, you know, the person gets really rattled um, or go easy on them, but do that in a way that is based on the relationship that you're developing with that new supervisor. Do they seem a little anxious? Do they seem a little overconfident? (laughs) And then that's going to really guide what practice opportunities you give them with the goal being that that when they finally meet with that trainee, they are ready to start the relationship strong in the same way or nearly the same way as the consulting supervisor might. Yep. And I think, you know, the the new supervisor has this opportunity then to hear from the consulting supervisor, like, look, I was nervous about these sorts of things too, or I made mistakes, or I never had a consulting supervisor and I had to engage in some trial and error and let my behavior get shaped, which is not optimal for our trainees, right? We wouldn't take that approach with clients to the degree that we can avoid it. We shouldn't take that approach with our trainees and our supervisees. So um, it, it really is that opportunity, I think, to kind of normalize discomfort, feeling awkward, worrying about making mistakes. And you're probably going to hear new supervisors that your consulting supervisor struggled with a lot of the same things that you are. And it could be that one of your reflections uh, uh, is that collaboration activity from LeBlanc Sellers and Ally 2020 didn't exist when I started supervising. <laughs> and in fact, this notion that it ought to be bi-directional, that wasn't a given, that? <laughs> right? And so, you know, you can even kind of describe that there are these new ideas in our field about supervision and supervisory relationships. And if you've never used that collaboration activity, it's provided for you in the consulting supervisor workbook as well. So part of the value of being a consulting supervisor is you might learn a few things or encounter a few new things along with that new supervisor. Yep, that's right. Now, There are a couple of things that are specific to the new supervisor that the consulting supervisor isn't going to really find in their workbook. For example, the new supervisor 
needs to have multiple meetings with their trainees across a supervisory month. Whereas the consulting supervisor is just meeting one time with the new supervisor. So month one for the new supervisor will sort of outline a meeting A and a meeting B for their trainees. But those meetings, that content might actually occur across three meetings or four meetings, depending on how many contacts you are having with your trainees. As a matter of fact, per the BACB requirements, they're likely to occur across multiple contacts. Now, you could have other contacts that are your observations that don't have those specific things that we're suggesting that a new supervisor cover with their trainees in their first month. Um, But there was no way for us to know exactly how individuals are going to structure or how they can structure their um, experience for their trainees. For example, you're probably leveraging some group supervision. You're obviously having contacts where you're observing them working with clients, and then you're probably having some number of individual meetings. So you're gonna kind of have to take the content outlined in meeting 1A and 1B and either use it as is uh, in a, you know, in addition to other contacts or kind of sprinkle that content across more than just two meetings. And that's got to be up to you. And you can leverage your consulting supervisor to help you figure that out. So that's one thing to think about. The other thing is that the, the consulting supervisor is unlikely to be observing the new supervisor providing any kind of direct services to either a client or a a supervisor or a trainee, but the new supervisor is going to be doing that. And so, um, and that's going to be very specific to client needs, but we do provide sort of a template, um, I don't know, agenda or checklist that new supervisors can use just as they should be creating agendas for their one-on-one or group meetings, they should have sort of an agenda or checklist for their observations to know what they're looking for, what they're scoring, a spot to put feedback, a spot to identify follow-up tasks. So those sorts of things are uh, provided for the new supervisor in month one. So those are busy months (laughs) for (laughs) both people, but we get you organized and we give you some checklists and, um, you know, it's a full and packed 60 minutes, but there is one thing that we haven't yet talked about that I think is an important part of each of the workbooks. And that is at the end of the interaction for the consulting supervisor at the end of the consulting meeting at the new suit for the new supervisor at the end of the month of supervisory mm-hmm. activities, uh-huh. we create a reflection activity that reminds you, these were all your goals and all the things that, you know, at least this workbook laid out for you to accomplish and how well did it go? If you find you couldn't get everything covered, if you found that, you know, you're as a consulting supervisor, your new supervisor had questions you couldn't answer, this is that opportunity to write those down and go find answers. <laughs> so, it, you know, how well did you convey the value of using agendas 
to your new supervisor? Mm -hmm. You know, how strong do you feel that relationship is? So for each of these, there's this notion that as quickly as you can reflect and then make some notes because you're unlikely to be a consulting supervisor to just one person. Mm. And as a new supervisor, practice at reflection and revision is a critical part of their rapid learning. It's part of how you learn. So those reflection activities, I think, are, are really important. And then there is this concept of a community of practice, particularly for the new supervisor. Tyra, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that's set up to achieve for that new supervisor? Yeah. So, you know, this um, is not uh, something that we came up with on our own, the, the practice of um, surrounding yourself with other professionals that have similar interests and goals and values and maybe other skill sets than you. Um, that is something that has been around for a long time. Uh, it's something that we talk about in the book um, that you and I, Linda, co-authored with Dr. Shella Alai Rosales. And um, what we wanted to really communicate to the new supervisor is you have this beautiful year where you have a this built-in lifeline to your consulting supervisor, but likely that's going to go away, at least as a formal requirement from the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. And also, that's just one person that you are interacting with. You likely have other people at your place of work or that you know from past jobs or from your graduate program that are valuable to you, that can bring great perspective. And frankly, supervision is hard and it can be frustrating and it um, requires preparation. And so you can sort of spread out the efforts and bear the burden, sort of like the name of our podcast, The Lift, that, you know, heavy burdens are easier to bear when you can distribute the weight across multiple people's shoulders. So the idea in each section is at the end, we provide ideas for things that a new supervisor could do with that community of practice that they've created, their, their fellow clinicians in their place of work or friends that they um, have from other jobs or from in other organizations. And they could meet, you know, once a month or something like that. But we provide specific activities and ideas for what those folks can do using the content from that month to keep strengthening your practice, to help you, you know, maybe share ideas, to help you get perspective from other people, to help you hear that if you're struggling or, or succeeding, that other people are probably doing the same. And maybe to, to identify folks that you can share creation of resources with. So that's sort of the idea. And it, and it appears in every single section across the, the um, new supervisor workbook. Absolutely. So um, we're helping you build a two-person community of practice <laughs> that's somewhat prescribed, but for that new supervisor to make those connections, this is something that we, they will have to do for the rest of their career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
after that first year of certification, there's year two, three, four, before someone really becomes eligible to be a consulting supervisor. During those years, you don't have to have one, but it's it's primarily your peers that mm-hmm. will be your connection. And hopefully you'll maintain a connection to the consulting supervisor. So this really kind of gets you out of the gate on using your peers as a sounding board and a resource and being able to describe your values such that you know which of your peers share those values and want to engage in a little effort to move towards behavior that's consistent with those values. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, And, you know, I think um, there are two things that I think are important for us to talk about before we wrap up this episode. One um, is the fact that the information that you and I, Linda, have put forth in these two workbooks should not be taken as, if I follow this to the letter, everything will go great and I will not experience any discomfort, any issues, any snafus. That's simply not true. So I just want to make sure everyone knows, like we did our best to kind of not overwhelm, but put in enough information that if folks didn't have strong instruction or modeling of good supervisory practices, that that at least you would have some tools. Um, but things are still going to be hard. You know, we can't think of everything or you're going to try something and it's not going to work right for you. So you're going to have to take a little bit of liberty with the content And I would leverage your consulting supervisor as you're doing that, right? If you try an activity and and it doesn't land right, talk about that with your consulting supervisor. It could be that Linda and I didn't design the activity as best as we could. You know, it could be that maybe you didn't explain it in a way that, um, you know, communicated the value of that activity to your trainee or what have you. So uh, that's one message that I want to give everybody. What are your thoughts about that, Linda? I think, yes, that's right on point. (laughs) Uh, I love that message. Um, Sure. We we're giving you a framework and some strategies. I don't know that we actually have this in the current iteration of the workbook, but, and that says in and of itself, there'll be a version (laughs) 2.0, but part of it is going through this workbook, even if you follow it to the letter, the first time you use it, it ought to spark ideas of other things you could do as well. Right. Oh, we could talk about this or, oh, here's an example. And so we won't necessarily know about those embracing this as a framework without being rigid about it. Yes. That's how we want to support folks. Yes. Um, And then the last thing before we wrap up and leave everybody um, is I think, and I'm kind of springing this on Linda, but I think it would be really cool. And if you and I talk a little bit about our values related to supervision, like for example, um, one of my values that helps me in my supervisory practices uh, is that I value lifelong learning. And that's a, that is important for me because when 
for example, uh, a supervisee might say, I'm really interested in X and I'm not an expert in that area. I'm not even a novice in that area. Um, I could, if I were not behaving in alignment with my values, say, well, I don't really know anything about that. Sorry. Right. That would be um, a less effortful response on my end. Um, but that certainly wouldn't be behaving in accordance with and in service of my value of lifelong learning. And my value of lifelong learning is for myself and anybody else that I come in contact with. So it, knowing that value is really important to me because it helps me, even if my initial response is, oh, geez, they want to learn about that. And I don't know about that. Um, I can take a breath and say like, oh, it's okay to feel that way, Tyra. It's okay to have those internal thoughts. You're tired. You work a lot. By the same token, you want to stoke these, these embers of interest um, for your trainee or your supervisee. So the right response is, I'm so happy that you're excited about that. And then I get to make a decision. If I'm also not interested in it, I can say, that's not my cup of tea. Let me connect you with, let me get you some articles, what have you. On the other hand, if it's interesting to me, I can say, you know what? I'm kind of exhausted. I'm super busy, but that's really interesting to me too. And I would love to figure out how we're going to learn more about this together. So I wonder if you have a, just a value that you could share, Linda, that helps you. Yes, um, I do. And I think it is a value that I um, embraced more in later years of supervision and, um, rather than early, like you just got to learn how to do some of this stuff. (laughs) But, uh, one of the, the values is that I, I want to create insight Mm. for that supervisee so that they won't need me when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, over time, you know, lots of strategies that you can use that are behaving consistently with that, asking open-ended questions, mm-hmm. asking the, well, what do you think? Asking the, tell me what you might've seen in this person's behavior that is serving as data for you. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of questions that might even produce the insight of like, oh, just my interactions with other adults or data, <laughs> um, they're unlikely to happen if you are just giving answers right. or giving answers, but not really highlighting why that answer is appropriate for the situation or how you came to it. So I do think probably earlier in my supervisory career, I gave a few too many answers um, <laughs> and, or directions without fully explaining what led me to value those recommendations. So that's something that I try to remind myself of. And when I'm behaving consistently with that, I'm much more likely to ask those open-ended questions or, you know, make observations that are designed to produce insight. So that's one of mine. 
Yeah, I love that. And sort of tact your thought processes and your decision points. And I think even share sharing mistakes or your learning path in a certain area. Um, and, and that is more effortful, right? So knowing, connecting with that value can remind you like, whoa, when, like, do I teach them to fish or do I give them a fish? And so, you know, uh, I love that one and think that that's, that's one I also am still struggling to attend to. So thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. Well, this episode of The Lift focused on the activities outlined in our workbooks for month one of the consulting relationship. Check back in with us in a few weeks and you'll hear about our topic for month two. But for now, that's it. I'm Linda. I'm Tyra. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah, and take good care of yourselves. Until next time. <laughs>